Buffalo Bills fans, what's going on? I am your host, DM3, and this is Ben Shoop, also known as Shoop. This is Off the Edge, our inaugural episode, Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock on the Built in Buffalo Network. That's YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We have a show tonight, obviously, as everybody knows, the game that everybody's waiting for, the homo or the season opener, is Monday night against the New York Jets. We're going to break down... The Bills offensive line versus the Jets defensive line. We're going to break down Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. We're going to break down what it might be like on Monday Night Football on 9-11 in New York. We're going to talk about the three the three young guys that have gotten the nod from Coach McDermott that are going to start the game or, and some hot takes and as well as some game day predictions. So, Ben Shoup, are you ready, brother? Oh, yeah, ready to get going. We're so close. It's, you know, getting there, you're kind of – kind of itching for it now it's it's at that point where you just you want it to be monday night you want to see you know josh allen and the and all the guys in the in the blues and ready to roll in met life yeah it's going to be fun we're going to get started and the show's going to start right now All right, welcome in. Like I said, this is the very first episode of Off the Edge. I am the owner and co-founder of Built in Buffalo. I'm DM3. You can follow me on Twitter if you want, at Dave Myers BIB. That's my guy, Ben Shoop, also known as Shoop, as I call him and a lot of us call him. Um, so, Shoop, are you ready to get this going, man? Are you ready for football? Oh, yeah. I know. It's, 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 I think everybody's ready at this point, whether you're, you know, a, a diehard fan or just somebody that just just recently getting into the bill getting into football i think you're ready to go another exciting season right i mean it's it's year year what six of josh allen uh, yep. at this point now and it's a lot of expectations um some people you know are down on the bills more and some of them are, are higher on the bills but you know it's, it's tomorrow night starts it all off you know with lions and chiefs and now we're ready to get going and ending week one will be the Bills Jets and uh should be a good one but um hopefully hopefully you know the Bills can come out with a dub in that game. I feel like in the McDermott era, I think is this the third time the Bills have opened against the Jets because 2017 obviously that was the Tyrod led Bills. They opened the season there and then Josh Allen the 2019 where we started to see a little bit of a shift in Josh Allen's play that with the additions of Cole Beasley and John Brown. There was that game and now here we are again. Um, division opponent that looks very different on paper, um, looks very different on camera. If you watch hard knocks on HBO, um, what's your initial thoughts on this game? And then we'll kind of break down, you know, the, the bills offensive line against the jets defensive line and then all of our other topics. What's your initial thoughts heading into this game? Like you said, the national media is in love with the New York jets right now. And it's seemingly the Miami dolphins as well, no matter where you look, um, you see that people have the bills as far as, you know, sixth in the playoff, you know, chase towards the end of the season. So what, what's your initial thoughts on this game? And then obviously later in the show, we'll break down predictions and stuff like that. What's your initial thoughts, Shoot. Yeah. I mean, my initial thoughts are just the energy and the emotions are going to be high. Uh, you know, I mean, alone it's week one, it's a Monday night game, but now you add on to it that it's going to be nine 11 in New York, right? It's going to be very, very emotional for everybody there on top of, I think all the pressure is on the Jets. I don't think there's too much pressure on the Bills this game 
when it comes to just coming out and performing. You, know, you, you said this whole offseason, Jets have been hyped up. They've been everybody's favorite pick, you know, to, to win the AFC East, make a huge jump with their defense, with Aaron Rodgers coming over and all the other new additions that they got going on. So I just think all the pressure comes on the Jets. I do think the only real question is, yeah, like you said, the Bills offensive line versus the Jets defensive line. Um, even even the opposite, right, with the with the Jets offensive line and the Bills defensive line. It's really just going to come down to, I think, the trenches and who who ends up performing better in the trenches. Yeah, and if you look at the two games last season, that's what the national media seems to be stuck on. The fact that the Bills went up against Mike White and Zach Wilson and won one game and lost the other game. And as we all know, week nine, that was the game that Josh Allen, you know, partial tear of the UCL. That's when it happened, even though the next play, he he dropped a seven-yard bomb in the, in the bread basket to, to Gabe Davis. But that's what everybody wants to talk about is how the Jets' defensive line absolutely manhandled the Bills in the first game and fared very well in the second game. I mean, the Jets are the only team last year that held the Bills under 21 points, and they did it twice. Um, obviously, they won the first game, and the Bills won that second game 20-12, to 12, and that was the stinker where it was like, Zero zero for the you know the first quarter and a half, almost two quarters of that game. So I, I wanted to talk about the Bills offensive line um, because there's been a ton of discussions about it um, this entire offseason. Brandon Bean went out and made some additions. Obviously, the big one was the drafting Osiris Torrance, who has won the starting job, which we'll get into more in depth later on. Um, but what's your first impression of what Brandon Bean was able to do what the restrictions he had and the limitations he had with salary cap and, and other things with the offensive line. What's your initial take on that? Yeah. I mean, it was tough going into the off season. You know, there were some holes that they needed to fill knowing Tremaine Edmonds was, you know, most likely going to leave and he did leave. And then you got, you know, tight cap space with Josh's big cap hit now really starting to kick in. It's the first year, you know, he's not on his rookie deal now. So it, it was a tough off season and a lot of questions to be answered, but I think he did fairly well. Um, I mean, you go out and get Connor McGovern who, yeah, he's not, you know, an all pro, he's not a, an absolute stud, like, you know, maybe a Wyatt Teller or, you know, a, a Zach Martin over in, in, in Dallas as well, but you get a solid offensive lineman, you get somebody who, is still fairly young for an offensive lineman as well. He could still grow a little bit. And it, it just, I think, bringing in Torrance as well to come on the right side of the line, having those two now might bring a little more stability for especially even Mitch Morse, who hasn't really had that too much on either side of him while he's been in Buffalo so far. You know, you've had a lot of misses from Brandon Bean, you could say, when it comes to um, – just offensive line, especially the guards, right? You had the Wyatt Teller trade. Then you have Cody Ford not really work out too well. Uh, Roger Saffold not really work out too well. So it's it's been, you know, a tough, tough spot for Brandon Bean filling it. Um, but I think he did a good job with, you know, the cap space that he had and just with the pieces that were already there. I know people still are kind of skeptical of Spencer Brown, um, but you know, you bring in you bring in a Fetty to come in and be a backup in, in case Spencer Brown really struggles. But I think I think he's done a good job. I think you you know you it's it's improved from last season. And when you can improve on an offensive line that still led to a top five offense in the NFL, it's it's good. It's a good thing, and it's 
it's something that they'll continue to have to evaluate. And, you know, there's other guys like Ryan Bates that could get a, get a spot just in case, you know, Torrance struggles early on or, um, you know, McGovern's not, not ready to go week one, but I think he's done a good job. Uh, I think it still will be a test for them, you know, week one going back into the Jets, but it, it's going to be something that I, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see, especially now that Torrance is getting, uh, getting the nod there, which we'll get into a little bit later, but uh, it's exciting. Exciting to see, see some new additions on the offensive line. Yeah, for me, the biggest concern for me going up against the Jets, the internal part of the Jets' defensive line is good. I mean, obviously, Quinn and Williams is there, right? We all know Quinn and Williams is a top 10 defensive tackle. He might be top five defensive tackle. But looking at the the tackle position for the Bills, that's where I have some a little bit of concern. Now, we, we all talk about Deion Dawkins, and we talk about the stability. He's been there. Since 2017, you know, he, his, his longevity. But let's look at some of the numbers from last year. And this is according to PFF. Say what you want about PFF. that They grade these players uh, the same way. They, they stack them against each other. Um, now, last year was the second lowest grade for Deion Dawkins in PFF at a 73.5. That's the second lowest career grade for him. Um, you know, he had an 80 passing grade pass block grade which which is good which is really good um but the run blocking grade is 62.3 um he only gave up uh three sacks he had but he did have 12 penalties that's almost a penalty a game um so when you look at that you talk about to me i think the second most important position on offense behind the quarterback is the left tackle position um would you agree or disagree with that on, on offense Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you can't have, you know, the blind side for most quarterbacks, right, unless you have a lefty like Tua or something, right? It, you need to be able to protect his blind side. You need to be able to give him time and not have him worried. Um, so, yeah, I would agree. Left tackle is second most important. Yeah, and then so then you look at that, and then you look at, at Spencer Brown on the other side. Spencer Brown was one of the lowest-graded tackles in all of the NFL last year um, at a 53.4. So – 51.6 pass 56.2 runs so it was pretty much across the board six penalties it he's only been credited for four sacks allowed but a lot of stuff that we saw was josh kind of being josh and being magical to escape a lot of that just free rushers um so you know the the two the two tackle positions are what really concerns me when you guys, when you have guys like Carl Lawson and John Frank, Franklin Myers and stuff like that, guys that graded within the top twenty in PFF last year, um, guys that are just getting after it. And we watched um, and have heard a lot about the depth of the Jets' defensive line, not just the edge rushers, but the in, the interior as well. So this is why I wanted to talk about this because I think the games. The game, I think, was lost last year in Week 9 because of the offensive line. There was there was nothing developing downfield. Josh seemed like he was stressed on every single pass attempt. Nothing seemed easy. Um, and this can lead into a plethora of topics that we can talk about with Ken Dorsey and how the offense might look this year. Um, but so what you've seen in, in small sample sizes of what the Bills have done offensively so far in in training camp preseason do you feel comfortable thinking that there's going to be a different approach come monday or how do you feel overall that the bills can get things rolling and not come out of the gate slow because we've seen the bills in recent years start slow 
in week one. Obviously, last year against the Rams kind of was a one-off, but the previous year against the Steelers, the Bills just looked they looked slow and stagnant. And I know it's week one, and you're gonna you're gonna have to work through some things. Um, but what's your initial take on what the Bills, I guess, can do um, to kind of combat that defensive line that Robert Sala has put together over there in New York? Yeah, I think they they need to one run the ball a little more. Uh, when you look at that game last year in Week Nine, right, twenty to seventeen, Josh Allen was your leading rusher in yards and carries, which that cannot happen again. You need to have your start. You need to have James Cook, who's your starting running back, have more than eight carries in this game, in my opinion. And I think you know that will help open things up on play action. I think that will help bring the linebackers up on play action, or even just getting the ball out faster. You'll have everything open up more. And I think that's the number one thing they got to do is just run the ball more, stick with it and not, not stick with it to the point where you're passing or passing less than you're throwing, but you got to, you can't get rid of it after one quarter if it's not working, right? You've seen it. You saw it last year here and there, where if they kind of struggled to get, get the ground game going, it was just almost completely abandoned. And then it fell on Josh to provide that, run game for the team so i think that's the one thing they got to do is just get the run game going a little bit um stick with it even if it's not you know working for the first quarter quarter and a half and i think that can open things up um and then i think the 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 other thing that will help a little bit i think is you know a guy like dalton kincaid coming in deontay hardy coming in right guys that you can just get the ball in their hands and let them go make plays or get four or five yards here and there so i think it's just getting the ball out fast getting the ball in your playmakers hands and utilizing the run game to help take pressure off of the offensive line and Josh himself. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I I think that looking at what the bills were able to do and what Brandon Bean was able to do with the limitations that he had across the board, whether it be, Hey, do we want to go after, you know, a a playmaker on offense in the first round, or do we want to go after an offensive lineman? Because I think, most of Bill's mafia was thinking that they were going to go defense like they have the past five years or five drafts for Bean. you know, he's gone defensive ed, uh, defensive tackle, you know, across the board. And when they went tight end, which is essentially he's a pass catcher. I'm, I'm considering him. He is a tight end, but I feel like he was brought in to be an offensive weapon for Josh um, in the passing game more so than anything else. Um, and then they went Osiris Torrance. Um, in the second round, which I don't know how he was still around when the Bills were able to pick in the second round, he was mocked to go to a lot of teams either in the mid to late first round or early in the second round. Um, so I think there is some credit that should be given to Brandon Bean for doing what he did, signing a Connor McGovern. You know, he went out and got Brandon Shell. Yes, he retired, but he was showing that he wanted to bring in a veteran that had, you know, snaps and reps as a starter in this league. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what Ken Dorsey dials up. And like you said, last year it seemed like when the run game wasn't working, we just said, okay, it's not. this isn't the game plan. We need to adjust. And then it seemed like a lot of the play design last year was long developing routes for Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs. And that just didn't give Josh you know, a comfort window to stand in the pocket and deliver because he was waiting for these routes to develop. So to your point, bringing in, you know, a Dalton Kincaid and a Deontay Hardy, um, you can get the ball out quick. And Brandon Bean has said it in multiple press conferences this offseason is we were looking for, he calls it rack or yak. We need guys that 
like we miss when we had Cole Beasley, get him the ball on third and seven, throw it to him quick slant route. And he takes it for 15 yards and he picks up a first down. So I think that's something that I hope that Ken Dorsey has made a priority to get this offense in motion. And it has to start immediately. It can't, because the last thing that the Bills want is to start slow and stagnant and have that defensive line get some swagger and for that defensive line of the Jets to get going and those guys just to get into rhythms against the offensive line. So, all right, with that being said, if you're watching on Facebook, please share this and smash the like. If you're watching on Twitter, drop a comment. You can retweet this, or I'm not sure what it's called now on X. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel so we get more and more engagement each and every week with all of Bill's Mafia. So that's our next topic. It kind of bled into that there with, at the end there with, with Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. Um, on paper, this seems like this is like Josh Allen's like got Aaron Rodgers hands down because of where Aaron Rodgers is at this point in his career. This isn't Aaron Rodgers of 10 years ago in Green Bay with all the weapons that he had when he was making, you know, NFC championships and going to the Super Bowl. This is Aaron Rodgers, who's 40 years old. Looks like he's slimmed down a little bit. I don't think he's nearly as mobile in the pocket as he once was. Now, it's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still one of the smartest quarterbacks, I think, in NFL history. So initial thoughts, um, and then we'll kind of break some things down. Initial thoughts on the Allen versus Rodgers, you know, who gets the leg up? Um, because Aaron Rodgers hasn't performed well on opening on, on opening day in the past couple years. So new team, new new venue, it's 9-11, city's going to be pumped. So what's your initial thoughts on the Allen versus Rodgers debate? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of a tough one, right? Because you had, you know, Aaron Rodgers who, as we as you said, you know, he has he struggled in week one in, in the past few seasons. Um, and last year, yeah, he took a step back, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be one to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, because it didn't really seem like Queen Bay – knew what they were doing when it, in terms of just, you know, they started two, two rookie wide receivers, right. They, they didn't really have, a, they, they gave Aaron Jones a big extension and now you got AJ Dillon still there. So it, last year, I'll give Aaron Rodgers a little bit of a benefit of a doubt there. Um, but then you could say the same thing with Allen, right? Allen, they didn't really know the identity either besides you had Diggs, you had Knox and you had Gabe Davis. But besides that, it was kind of all over the place, right? You know, you had, um, you know, it, our number three option was Isaiah McKenzie. And that that wasn't the best, at least when the wide receivers terms. So both guys now come in with kind of revamped offenses. Um, but I'm still going to give the, the the edge to Allen. I think it's it's got to be him, right? Just as you said, Rodgers isn't as mobile as maybe he, he once was, where Allen is one of the better dual threat quarterbacks in the league, if not, you know, a top three dual threat quarterback in the league. Um, and both guys don't exactly have the best offensive line. So when it comes to being mobile, Josh will have the upper hand being able to get away from pressure, maybe a little more than Rogers. So I'm going to give Josh, Josh the upper hand. I know Josh has struggled against the jets in his career. And even last season, you know, in, in, in nine games, he's six and three. So records great, but he's only completed 62% of his passes. 2,000 yards in, in nine games, that's not the best when it comes to Allen versus one team. You know, eight touchdowns and seven interceptions. It's just, it, it was a struggle for him against the Jets. And last year, it was an even a bigger struggle where he only completed 55% of passes, had over 400 yards in two games. So that's under 200 yards a game. 
And then you had more interceptions than touchdowns. On top of it, you had two two fumbles too. So Josh does have his struggles against the Jets, but I'm not also I'm also not going to pretend that Aaron Rodgers hasn't had his struggles against the Bills in the past. So it's it's a tough conversation, especially because we don't know what the Jets' offense is going to look like. But with Josh's new weapons, with Josh being able to be more mobile, I'm going to give Josh the upper hand, and I still think Josh is getting better. Where Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's going to be getting better from for the rest of his career. He's getting older. He's he's going to be, you know, not being able, like you said, be as mobile or just maybe not be able to get the ball out because of the offensive line. So I'm going to give I'm going to give the edge to Allen just by a little bit, um, especially going into week one. Yeah, I'm glad you said something about the offensive line, because that was going to be my next topic is. The, the offensive line, looking at the two offensive lines for each quarterback, I think a lot of people have been talking about the the Buffalo Bills offensive line and Josh Allen, and, and he makes that offensive line look a hell of a lot better than it does because of the things he's able to do. Um, we, we haven't really seen a lot of the national media talking about the New York Jets offensive line. The tackles that they have on the roster – um, I, I don't know what's going on with Makai Becton, but the tackles that they have on the roster, three of them were in the bottom 2% on PFF as far as grading. So they're not, they're not good where you, like we spoke earlier about the tackle positions. And that's was the biggest concern is the blind side, right? So you have guys like Leonard Floyd, you have guys like AJ Epinesa, you know, Gregory Rousseau and, and Shaq Lawson and stuff like that. You have those guys that I'm looking to have a big game from. Um, honestly, I, I think that we have the athletic guys, and this is why you brought Leonard Floyd in, right? Because you knew for a four-year or for a four-game stretch, you weren't going to have Von Miller. It was a possibility. It was a possibility all offseason. I think Brandon Bean just, you know, cemented that for everybody when he came out this week and said, we want to give Vaughn the time to get better. He said he's ready to go, but we want to give him that time. So I don't see comparing them like you did, I don't see a situation where if the pressure is consistently getting there. And I, I feel like what we saw from the bills front four in preseason is nothing like what we're going to see from the bills come Monday night. I feel like McDermott, he, he didn't unpack a lot. He kept a lot of things, you know, on the clipboard. He didn't, he didn't show his hand because he knows that Robert Saul is a defensive minded head coach, just like he is. And they'd be keen on seeing, okay, what, what guys are working in this rotation? What, what front four are they doing here? What are the linebackers doing? Are they blitzing this way? And I think you have a guy like Matt Milano who has made a ton of plays against the New York jets. I mean, we, we saw the hit on Mike white probably 10,000 times right last year. So you got to think that McDermott is going to have stuff dialed up to help his linebacking core and to help his secondary, knowing that he's going up against a cerebral guy like like Aaron Rodgers, who can sit back there and can dice you up, especially with an improved offensive roster as far as skill position players that Rodgers has over what he had last year in Green Bay, like you alluded to. All right, so I also give the advantage to Allen. I think at this point in the careers, Allen's still – you know, he's still ascending. And I think Rogers, this is probably his last contract. I don't see him playing much more than these two years that he's going to be with the jets. Um, he took a pay cut. So that kind of tells you he's at a point where he's not playing for money right now. He's just trying to win a championship. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I, I think a lot of 
how these quarterbacks perform, this is going to sound crazy, but a lot of how these quarterbacks perform is going to be based on the run game and how the run game can set up the play action passing. Um, you know, the Jets signed Delvin Cook, Brees Hall. It's been reported that he is going to play. Um, and then the Bills have James Cook, Damian Harris, and Latavius Murray. So it's all about if the ground game can get into a rhythm for either one of these teams based off the blocking up front, what does that set up? for your comfort level, for your quarterbacks, get them in play action, get them out in space. You're still going to see rollouts from, from Aaron Rodgers. You're going to, you're still going to see a bunch of stuff that they're going to try to unload from, from the playbook just to try to catch the bills off guard. The only thing I'm hoping for is that we get Sean McDermott from the Carolina Panthers when they just got after everybody. It was see ball, get ball, whether it was a defensive lineman, cornerback, safety linebacker, um, and try to get Aaron Rodgers because when you can rattle Aaron Rodgers, you, that goes a, that goes a real long way. He seems to get out of rhythm if you if you hit him, if you get close to him, if you pressure him. So it's going to be really interesting. All right, so let's talk about um, the fact that this game is on 9-11. Um, it is in New York, and that 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 city is going to be buzzing. That stadium is going to be buzzing. I think what it boils down to, and this doesn't have to be a long-winded segment, I think what it boils down to is how Sean McDermott, because he seems to always be in tune with the surroundings of what's going on in whatever city they're playing in, if it's not in Buffalo. And he kind of hones that in with these players. Um, so what message do you think he would have to get these guys focused on playing? Because it's going to be a big deal. I mean, the national media is going to make a huge spectacle of it. It's on Monday night football, nationally televised game, nine 11, all that stuff. So what do you think the coach needs to do to get these guys, you know, lined up, ready to go with all this other outside noise happening? Uh, I think, honestly, they just need to just go out there and just have fun. I mean, it's week one. At the end of the day, if they do lose, it's week one, right? I mean, how many times do we see overreactions from week one every year with whatever team it is that ends up losing? You know, if you make a bad play, go get them the next time. You know, it would, it's it's Monday night to open the season. It's the first Monday night game of the season. It's, you know, a, a big date in, in, in New York, you know, history and U.S. history. And... Now you've got all this energy around it, so just feed off the energy. Don't force the energy, feed off of it, because it's going to be there no matter what. So my thing is, is just, I think, you know, McDermott's just got to gotta just let them know. If you make a mistake, forget about it, get to the next one. Let's just have some fun. Let's go out and play some good football. And, you know, it, whatever happens, happens. If they lose a close game, it's week one at the end of the day. Um, obviously, you want to get the win, but... You know, like you said, it's 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 going to be high energy, high emotion. You know, it's it's in New York on a big date. So the Jets might come out with a little more juice than the Bills just naturally with all that emotion. You know, you hear it all the time when, from, you know, especially the Bills after the, the, the first game after the DeMar Hamlin situation and the DeMar Hamlin injury. Everybody was saying that the energy was there. It was just there because you knew that these players were excited. It's kind of the same way with the Jets here. You got a new revamped looking team kind of with the offense there. And you got a big date for, for them to, to open up the season. So it's going to be tough to contain, you know, the Jets energy. But you just got to match it. You got to let it. You got to bring it. And you got to, you know, just allow yourself to, to if you make a mistake, say, all right, it's whatever. Move to the next play. Yeah, I think, too, last year set the Bills up really good for this spot. You know, opening the season, nationally televised game against the defending Super Bowl champs, and the Bills came out and showed out. Um, I'm just – I'm really hoping that um, 
you know, we've all talked about this and, and I've, I've stopped saying this for a while, but like big game, Josh, um, where there, he tends to try to do too much. Um, we saw some of that last year against the Packers. Um, it looked like he was disinterested at some points in the second half when he was th- just kind of throwing those odd interceptions to right to green Bay defenders. Like I, I don't want to see Josh come out and do a lot of typical Josh stuff Or yes, I know he likes to get hit. It's, it's been well-documented. He likes to get involved in the game that way. It kind of gets the blood flowing, kind of gets the adrenaline going. Um, I don't want to see that anymore. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I don't want to see those big sideline blasts where he just gets lit up, pops up, smiles and laughs because he can't be doing that forever. Right. So um, with this game, like my take on it is you learned last year, you were in a big spot last year to open the season. The bills have been primetime bills for three or four years now since the evolution of Josh Allen. So I think it's just go with your playbook do what do what you do best and and go out there and just battle through McDermott's a scrappy guy the players are scrappy I think just do what you know is successful and if you need to take easy th- like easy things easy plays on offense then we need to Josh Allen needs to take them like if, if it's if it's a check down these are the games that that matter because yes it's opening week one and but this is a divisional game like this. This goes towards the AFC East standings at the end of the year. Right. So, you know, you won as many of these W's against a division rival. And that leads me to this point. Um, these games are always a crapshoot right now because the teams have progressively gotten better, you know, as far as talent with how where the bills are at for the last three years. A couple of years ago, the Bills swept the AFC East. The next year, the Dolphins got better. This year, the, the the Jets got exponentially better at quarterback. So it's going to be scrappy. And I, I think the precursor needs to be put out there that this game might be one of those games where you're like kind of ugly. Just let's get out of here with the win. Um, it's the first week of the season. You know, there was some plays that we left on the field, but there's also some plays that were really good. Let's move on. Let's keep this as momentum and just keep it going. So. But, yeah, it's going to be a crazy scene um, out there in New York, and hopefully the Bills can come away with the dub. All right, we were going to talk about the Ryan Bates and Taron Johnson restructures. Anything you want to add on that, Shoop? I know we talked on it before we came on. Um, it was news this week that kind of broke, so I thought it would be you know, on, on point to kind of bring it up. Any Anything you have, nudes or knows, any kind of notes you had on that subject? Yeah, I mean it's it's something that you you kind of expect you kind of expected that somebody was going to get restructured, right? I mean after after all the moves they've made and you know being tight on cap, I believe they were about you know four four and a half million in in the red there for the cap. So this frees up some space. Um, I think you know something that you said before the show that really you know got me thinking about maybe this is a move for next season if you know Ryan Bates is a guy who making pretty good money for a guy who we don't expect to start a ton this year if they stay healthy at least um so it could be something that they move a little money to next year and uh they make a decision then the next year but uh yeah it's something that they had to do at the end of the day um and it, it, it's just i think the only thing that might be might change and might be worthy of discussion is just why they picked these two players right because it's always you know restructuring can be a little bit tough you can't restructure everybody because then you'll have 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. A ton of money going towards the next year or the year after that. So it, it, it's, I guess, the only thing that I'm wondering still is why the reasoning of Bates and Tehran being the two that they chose. Um, but you knew that you knew it was coming from somebody. Yeah, I think, and in, in we touched on this, like I said earlier, I think with Ryan Bates, you had to actually, you absolutely 100% had to restructure him. He was getting paid starting right guard money. Um, obviously, Bean was very aggressive to take him away to match the offer from the Bears last offseason to get him back. Um, but then you went out and you spent a second round pick on Osiris Torrance, who ultimately beat him out. And from everything I've read and everything I've seen and heard, it wasn't it wasn't as close of a contest as some would think. Like Osiris Torrance was he was getting snaps at right guard with the, with the ones pretty early on in training camp, preseason week one, two and three. Um, he was getting all those starting snaps. So it was it was evident that he was going to be the starting right guard week one. Um, now, as far as Taron Johnson. Um, and we could touch on this real quick. And you brought up a good point. Um, does this make him? And I, I like Taron Johnson. I like what I like his role in the defense. Um, he does make some big plays in key times, um, which you know, even if it's few and far between, he's still he's still out there making those plays in those big spots, and that's not easy to do because there's only ten other guys on the field, and you happen to make that one play. You know, the game against the Chiefs last year, he had the interception, you know, that the 101 yard touchdown return against against the Ravens a couple of years back in the playoffs. So he has picked his spots to make big plays. And I know how Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott feel about his value in what they're trying to do defensively. I don't know if that changes this year now with McDermott playing more of a physical, aggressive style. Um, so what's your take on Taron Johnson and his role this year may be diminished and then going forward. Um, Cause he seems like he's a guy that he's been here. He's been in the system. They've groomed him. They like him. They've, they've given him contracts. Like what's your take on that whole situation? Yeah. I mean, Teron, he's been a guy, like you said, he's, he's made big plays. He's a guy that already in his, in his time here has in the past few years made his mark. Um, he's one of the best, you know, slot corners, I think in the league. And the other thing that I think, McDermott and Bean both love is for a team that in defense that doesn't really tackle the greatest, you know, they, they can struggle tackling here and there. He is one of the best tacklers on the team. So that I think plays a huge factor, you know, being able to move them around all over, being able to bring them on the blitz. Uh, maybe they'll see him a little bit this year in the box here and there. Uh, maybe, you know, him and Rap move it around. Cause I, when I think of those two players, I think you could see Rap take kind of a role like Tehran where, you know, they're going to bring them, bring them from the slot position and bring them on the blitz or just get them in the box just to be able to move them around. So I think having Tehran and having a guy like Taylor Rapp with each other can open up a lot of things because they have not, not exactly similar skill sets, but they can both, you know, get in there, be physical and be, be big time players for a team um, that, can struggle here and there when it comes to making those plays that you should make and making those plays that, you know, 
in big moments you have to make. So I think you'll see those two kind of move around. And I think Teron could have, have a career year this season uh, with some pressure being taken off of him because of that. And with Trey now going into another season off that injury, I think you could potentially see Teron Johnson be kind of like the Swiss army knife that Sean McDermott's going to have in the defense this year, moving him around to having him do a lot of different things. Um, but on the other hand, I mentioned this before the show a little bit, he is getting paid a, a good amount of money. And is that position as important as, you know, another position that the, that the Bills might be looking at? So next year with this restructure now, with more money probably going to next season, it's going to be a question of do they, do they you know, extend him and push the money back even further? Or do they end up looking to maybe move him next year? Um, depending on how he does this season. But at the end of the day, he's a top-tier slot corner, and he's a top-tier player on this Bills team. Yeah, I think, too, you you talk about fundamentals, and I, I that's what I love about Taylor Rapp is his ability to contain and his ability to make tackles. Um, we talk about missed tackle percent all the time, and the Bills just it seems like year after year are consistently in the bottom tier of the league and, and with missed tackle percent. I can see this year the Bills running a lot of 4-2-5 defense where they have the five DBs and one of them essentially is playing that linebacker-ish position, um, hybrid type position like a Taylor Rapp or like a Taron Johnson. So, but good stuff. All right, so we were going to do this earlier, but Shoop's got a giveaway and I'll let Shoop take this one. And it's because I ranted on about 9-11 and all this other stuff. But Shoop's got a giveaway, and I'll, I'll let him take it from here. All right, yeah. So uh, I do believe, I mean, there's probably a good amount of you in here that did enter. We had, it, it blew my mind, you guys. There was four, over 450 of you guys that, that entered this giveaway. Um, I'll pull it up on the screen right here real quick. And this is how we're going to do it, right? It's got all, everybody in here. This is the tweet. If you didn't see it, I announced it on Sunday that we were going to do it and announce the winner today. But it is, I do have the football right here, a Spencer Brown signed football, if I can get the camera right. Um, nice looking football, right? It's one of the, the white there with the Bills logo and brighted and got the got the Bills with, with the AFC champion or AFL champions and everything. So it's a nice ball. Um, a lot of you guys entered. Um, and some of you guys are probably here solely for that. Um, but hopefully, hopefully you win. But we got it here. We got everybody in. One winner. Um, we're going to just see who, who does it, who, who gets it. And uh, I, I will reach out to you and make sure, just make sure you're you're looking at, if anybody does reach out to you, um, make sure that uh, it is, you know, me or somebody else that in Built in Buffalo that is has the check mark or anything like that. But here's everybody, right? 457 entries. You guys really just did amazing. Uh, but we'll see who wins it. Good luck to everybody. And I will reach out after the show. But here we go. The winner is oh where are we at begin draw and the winner is burke and i'm gonna i'm not even gonna attempt the last name i already know i'm gonna mess it up but i will take down this uh this name here and that's the winner congratulations to burke i will reach out to you uh after the show or maybe tomorrow morning just to just to you know give it some time and everything, but I will reach out. We'll get the ball to you somehow. We'll figure it out um, and we'll plan it all. But congratulations to Burke. Unfortunately, if you didn't win, I'll, there'll definitely be other ones. So, so be on the lookout. Um, it's, it's, it's 
thing that I, you know, first one I've done ever, but it was a fun one. It was fun to see you guys reacting and fun to see you guys just get excited about it. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Burke. I'll reach out and we will, we will get it all situated, but uh, yeah, Spencer Brown football going, going to, going to Burke. Cool. Cool deal. That's a cool football too. Um, so let's talk about, so McDermott came out today. He had a little presser had a little press conference action today. Um, and I'm not sure if I remember the last time that Sean McDermott came out and named some starters that were in position battles. I'm not sure if I remember him just blatantly telling us, Hey, said person's going to start here. So those three players, Christian Benford is going to be your CB two to open the season. Terrell Bernard is going to be your, your Mike linebacker and Osiris Torrance was named starter at right guard. All right. This could go down a rabbit hole really, really quick, Shoop. So um, initial thoughts when you saw this come out, just you, you read it. What was your initial thought? Yeah, uh, I'll start with, you know, the Torrance because we've already talked about him a little bit. I think Torrance was the one that it needed to happen. It just needed to. He he looked he looked pretty good in the preseason. I, we've alluded to it before, McDermott needs to start playing the younger guys earlier in their career instead of, you know, like Kyrie you saw last year, he was healthy scratched. It was kind of a little mess here and there. Um, so I think it's, it's the right decision. You got to get him in there. You got to get him playing. You got to get him used to playing against your guy uh, next to a guy like Mitch Morris and Spencer Brown. Um, so we, they, he can learn and not just sit there watching and, you know, he needs the rep. So I think it's something that needed to happen. I I'm excited to see him. I think he did look better than Ryan Bates, um, the whole entire preseason and with McGovern still on the fence a little bit about week one. Now, you know, okay, Torrance is right guard. If you need Bates to go on left guard, there he is. He can plug right in. So I think Torrance, that's the right decision. And I'm honestly going to say the same thing about Terrell Bernard. I think when you look at the other options with Dodson, Williams, and Spectre, they're either just not reliable or not reliable yet. I think Dodson just showed that he might be able to make some plays in the run game, but when it comes to coverage, he's going he's going to struggle. It's going to be something that that can be a big question mark with him and some a worry maybe for Sean McDermott when you have a guy who especially your t- middle linebacker that struggles to cover consistently and not even, you know, he doesn't need to make big plays. He doesn't need to, you know, have two interceptions in a game. He doesn't even have to have a single pass breakup, but as long as he can, if it's a dump off to a running back, boom, go get the, go get him and make the play right as soon as he ca- catches the ball. Um, but it just, you didn't see it with him. D- uh, Dorian Williams, a guy that I would have said, he probably would have been the only other guy that I would have said I would have liked to see him in the middle linebacker spot. Um, but I think it's becoming very evident that he's just not ready to be in the middle linebacker role for the Bills this season. I loved him coming out of the draft, can fly all over the field, just has a nose for the football. But then you can say the same thing about Terrell Bernard. He was, that was kind of his thing coming out of college. He was undersized, just like Dorian Williams they talked about. But what did he, what did he have? He had speed, they can cover, and they just have a nose for the ball. Um, and I'm excited to see Terrell Bernard. You know, he's he's been talked about as a great leader he's been talked about as somebody who's you know smart when it comes to you know watching film and getting out there and just being ready for everything um so i think bernard he's he's a guy that i've been excited to see i'm excited to see him week one and then to finish it off we got christian benford who 
with one guy I said to you before the show, I've been for the longest time, I've been, I've been really on board with the Benford train and I got, I got why people had their, their doubts and had their concerns. Um, but I'm excited. I think he's the most, he's the best all around out of the three that were fighting for that spot. I think they each have something that they excel in um, when it comes to, you know, Dane might be better and more experienced than, than both of them when it comes to just straight, strictly coverage. Elam, you know, he, he's, he's a very physical player. He, he can go out and be physical. Where Benford, I think, you know, he, he can tackle at a, at a pretty good rate. He's a consistent tackler. He can go out there and get it done. Um, and, you know, he, he can make plays. We saw it last year before he got hurt. So Christian Benford's a guy that I'm very, very excited to see um, at cornerback too. But I don't think this is going to be something set in stone. I think it's going to change game by game. And I think that it will be matchup based um, when it comes to who's going to start at least at cornerback too. Yeah, you, you said then, and I'll, I'll break these guys down too, but you said then, I'll, I'll say it since it's fresh. I think it's also going to be based off of, like you said, the opponent's receiving room week to week. You know, are you more concerned playing against the Miami Dolphins who have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, or you might need some physicality and some speed, which that's Kyrie Elam, right? Kyrie Elam, I mean, Benford's not slow, don't get me wrong. But like you said, the only thing that irritates me about that too is that I think that plays into these guys' psyche a little bit about, okay, I, I started last week, I played well, but now you're pulling me because you you feel like it's a matchup. It's a better matchup to have Dane Jackson or to have Kyrie Elam. I, I feel like just if you're going to pick a guy, let him go take the lumps. Yes, this is a championship caliber team, and we have visions of, of, of hoisting the Lombardi, but you have to let these guys get reps. The only way that they're going to improve, and I said that all of last year with Kyrie Elam because I love the pick of Kyrie Elam. Obviously, we didn't know a ton about Christian Benford until he got on the field, but I love the pick of Kyrie Elam because I love his physicality. He's fast. I wish he would hold a little bit less, but I wanted him just to get the reps so that we could see what we were dealing with. I wanted to see what kind of a corner he was. And when he played in extended you know, chunks, like we saw who he was. The game against the Chiefs, he had a pick on Mahomes in, in the end zone. Like that was – down the stretch, he played well. Down the stretch, he had an interception against the Dolphins that set the Bills up to, to have the go get the, the go ahead score. So, like the whole Christian Benford Kyrie Elam thing, I put a tweet out right before the show started. Stop bashing Kyrie Elam. It's not Christian Benford's fault where he was drafted. He was drafted in the sixth round. Kyrie Elam was drafted in the first round. What if Christian Benford is just that dude? Like, what if he's just that guy? And he's obviously outperformed him in training camp preseason practice. And that's where I think a lot of fans don't pay attention to the stuff that we don't see, right? We, yes, we see him get reps in preseason games. We see whatever the media can put out from practice, but we don't see what the coaches see in the film room, the intelligence factor. We don't see how they prep for games. We don't see how they, they condition their bodies. We don't see mentally what they do to get right week in and week out. And then we don't see all the reps in practice. We just see little snips here and there. Um, but it's going to be exciting. I, I, I do think, and I said, I said this to shoot before we, we came on is I think the bills are ultimately set up in a really good situation. Regardless, they have three guys that can start in this league at CB two, where a couple years ago we had Levi Wallace at CB two. And then after that, it was like whatever piece we could find off the practice squad. 
you know, so, and I'm not saying Levi Wallace was the answer, but the depth at this position, if something happens next year with Tredavious White or the year after, I feel like we're set to have these guys groomed in this system to be here long-term. And I know Dane Jackson's just on a one-year deal, but that could, something can happen with that next year. Um, as far as Osiris Torrance, I feel like he was draft ready or he was NFL ready when he was drafted. I feel like that was the right move. The only thing that concerned me was what you talked about earlier is McDermott giving the rookies the reps, right? We've saw it with some other players. He's played rookies when he had to, like Tremaine Edmonds and Tredavious White and Deion Dawkins. He had to play those guys. McDermott, when uh, Matt Milano came in, he had to play those guys because the position was just weak roster-wise. So it's good to see that he got the reps and it looks like he earned the spot. And he's a massive man at 340 pounds. He is going to be a hard man to get around. But a lot of what's going on is going to be depending on what the guy playing to his right is able to do. Because if he has to compensate for what Spencer Brown is not doing, doing or not doing, however you want to you want to phrase it, um, that could stunt some of his growth because we know that offensive linemen take a couple years to, to develop their craft and grow into the guy that they're ultimately going to be. It's just not year one plug. Not every generational offensive line or not every offensive lineman is a generational talent that can just come in and start right away. You know, Trent Williams does, doesn't grow on trees. Like those guys are hall of famers because that's just, that's just who they are. Um, and then Terrell Bernard is very intriguing to me um, just because I know there's a leadership aspect. I know that there's an intelligence aspect to it. I know that you talk about Tremaine Edmonds and what was one of the knocks on Tremaine Edmonds? It was pre-snap, post-snap, like where it seemed like sometimes he just got lost trying to read what the play was actually going to be. Don't I'm not taking anything away from Tremaine Edmonds. I defended the guy for five years. Like I understood what he means to that defense, what he meant to opposing offenses, having a game plan with his wingspan and his the way he can get from sideline to sideline, all that stuff. Um, but the intelligence factor is important with Terrell Bernard. Um, I'm just curious what this means for Christian Kirksey because I don't believe Christian Kirksey is a practice squad player in the NFL. I think he needs to be on an active 53. Um, he's got familiarity with Al Holcomb for whatever that that's worth when they played together or when he coached um, Kirksey in Cleveland. Um, I know that statistically, if you look at his season from last year, it's right on par with what Tremaine Edmonds did. Um, so that's, it's just intriguing. The only thing I will say about Terrell Bernard is that it went from like zero to a hundred with him really fast last year in, in the postseason. He was inactive on game day. Didn't even play on special teams. Now he's your starting middle linebacker. So it's just, it's a lot. He's the guy that McDermott's going to be talking to in in the headset, calling plays. Um, and he doesn't have any starting middle linebacker experience. So that's the one thing that concerns me. Again, we got to let him play. We got to figure it out. I, for one, don't know what was going through the thought process of Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott thinking that Terrell Dotson, who's been in the system for four years was a starting middle linebacker, unless they plan to do other things scheme wise, and they're not going to be heavily 
like reliant on the middle linebacker position. So we'll see. I mean, it's we're we're gonna find out Monday if if this is if Terrell Bernard is the guy. We're gonna find out real quick because going up against a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who can find weaknesses and mismatches in coverage, he's gonna learn real quick how to cover. He's gonna learn real quick, you know, what Aaron Rodgers can do and what a, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback can do. And I think it'll be a good test for him, regardless of what happens, right? It's going to be a learning experience for him and some of the other guys on defense. So any other takeaways from those three guys that you wanted to, to bring up? Yeah, I did uh, just want to talk to us real quick. We kind of popped in my head when you were talking about, you know, Bernard and Kirksey. Um, I do think that this will be a situation kind of like cornerback too, where you might see it rotated a lot more than, than we might expect initially. Um and then when you talk about a guy like Kirksey coming in or a guy even like uh, Effendi coming in to, for right tackle, right, for tackle depth, it will, I think, help these younger guys, right? You get guys with experience. You get leaders who have been in multiple locker rooms, who have started many games, and especially a guy like Kirksey who was a captain of an NFL team, captain of a defense. Um, and don't get me wrong, obviously it wasn't the greatest defense in the world there down in Houston, but – he was the one making the most of the plays for that defense. So I think getting a guy like Kirksey and bringing in a Fetty can help maybe a Spencer Brown and a, and a Terrell Bernard learn the game. Because when you look at a guy like Terrell Bernard, as I said a little bit, he he has the intangibles, I think, to play that spot. Now, he's not a six foot five guy. He's not a Tremaine Edmonds type of size guy. But he's got the speed to play. He's got the ability to cover, which I think is something that we'll see from Terrell Bernard is his ability to cover. Um, And I think it will help having these guys like Kirksey and having a guy like Afedi behind these younger guys that are now starting. And I know Spencer Brown's been starting for a little bit, but starting healthy and being able to come in and kind of help them with the pressure of being these guys that are going to be heavily relied on. I agree. I agree. All right. So show's almost over. We're about to hit the hour mark. So we're going to do some game day predictions and then we're going to do some hot takes for the game. So you want to go first, Shoop? What's your, what's your game day predictions or you can do it as, as keys to the game or what you think could happen. Um, I know week one's hard because we haven't seen these teams play actual regular regulation games yet. So what's your, what's your game day prediction for, for week one? Yeah, so I do have um, a little score prediction. I'm going to go with 31-23 Bills. I think it will be a good game. I just think when it comes down to it, I'm going to place my money on the coach that has already proven more. And that is something that I think also isn't being talked about as much is Sean McDermott versus Robert Sala. Who has the upper hand there? And I know Sean McDermott's had his faults. He's had people, you know, come after him. But at the end of the day, he is a winning NFL coach. He's won with Tyrod Taylor. He's won with, you know, Josh Allen. He's won, you know, in multitude of ways, whether it's the defense pulling it out, the offense pulling it out. And I'm not fully convinced Robert Sala is the guy down there in New York. Obviously, his defense has been great. It, they they did better, I think, than a lot of people thought last season. But I'm just I'm not convinced fully yet. I want to see a full season now with Aaron Rodgers with him. Um, so I'm I'm going to take the Bills by by a one score game. Uh, I think you know we'll see we'll see. I, I I think I do have written down Josh Allen. I have three touchdown passes. Damian Harris one on the ground. 
I think Knox, Davis, and Diggs will be those scorers. And then defensively, I think they'll get three sacks. I don't think it'll be a huge game, but I think two of them will come from Groot, who's going to, I think, I have high expectations for him coming into the season. And the other one, I will say, I think is going to be Jordan Phillips, who always brings energy, always brings energy to that defensive line. So uh, I'll go with that score. And I just think at the end of the day, Sean McDermott's going to be the difference um, over Robert Sala. Yeah, that's a good point about Sean McDermott. And this is going to kind of sound a little crazy, but who's been there, right? McDermott's coached in some big games, whether it be season opener, whether it be primetime, whether it be playoffs. Robert Sala hasn't done any of that yet. Not saying he can't, but he hasn't, you know, had to prepare a team for what's going to happen to that building on, you know, with that fan base on 9-11. They're just going to be going crazy. Yes, he's got Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he's not getting 30-year-old Aaron Rodgers. He's got 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, who we talked about earlier, has some limitations now. Um, Priest Hall's coming back, but he is coming back off an ACL tear. So how much is he going to give? Yes, you got um, Delvin Cook in there. Okay, you've you've had him in the building for what three weeks? Um, there's just you. I don't feel like if you match these two up on paper, it's not like the national media is telling us where the Jets are here to take the AFC East title away from the Bills. I feel like there's a lot of stuff. The Bills got better on offense, like by a lot. And that's saying something for a team that was pretty explosive and in the top 10 in almost every offensive category, top five in a lot of them as well. And I feel like this is the best set of skill position players Josh Allen has had in the NFL. And I feel like if the Bills get in into a routine and get on a roll, I think it's a lot of stuff's going to come unglued for the Jets real quick. I have the Bills winning 27-17. Um, I think we might have a couple patches that are kind of iffy um, to start the game. Um, I think adjustments are made in the second half. I do think the Bills are going to get after it defensively, and we're going to see a system that we're not accustomed to. And I feel like Sean McDermott is going to dig deep because there's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of people saying you can't call the plays and coach the team. You haven't been um, a defensive play caller since 2016. Um, a lot of stuff you don't have the pieces. You're missing Tremaine Edmonds. Your, your safeties are slower. Sean McDermott is extremely smart. He's an intelligent man, and he has ways to mask deficiencies on defense. That's what, like Akeem says all the time, that, that's what got him hired into this position was how he performed as a defensive-minded head coach. And we knocked the guy for four or five years saying that he, well, he's a defensive-minded head coach, you know, what's, what's going on with the offense and this and that. Well, now he has put it all on himself, and it takes – it takes balls to, to do what he did and say, look, I'm not going to give the position to a guy on the staff. I want this all to fall on me. I will take all the daggers in the press conferences when we when we fail, and I'll, and I'll dole out all of the compliments when we do well. So 27-17, I got Josh throwing a couple touchdowns, Bass hitting a couple field goals. Um, I feel like the defense is going to have a couple turnovers. I – do, however, think that, like you, that Groot is going to have a big game, and I have him getting three sacks. I feel like this is going to be a coming-out party. We've seen the clips of what he's been able to do, regardless of if it's against twos and threes, ones, whatever. He, 
I think if he's a hundred percent healthy, he's going to be a force. When Vaughn comes back, it's going to be even that much more insane what these guys are going to be able to do. So like you said, I think Daquan Jones is going to have a big game. I think Ed Oliver is going to show up and have a big game. Jordan Phillips. I think the defensive line got better this off season. So um, I like the bills 27, 17. So was that your hot take with Gruder? You got another hot take for me. I actually got three hot takes. Three for hot takes. All right, three let's hear them. Let's have at the it. The first one is, I think, probably the hottest one. And I think there won't be a single turnover on either side of either team. Really? No turnovers for Josh, no turnovers for Aaron Rodgers. The run game is nothing. That is, I think, probably my hottest one because, you know, these defenses both have tendencies to be great and can, can force turnovers. My second one, I think we will see another Josh Hurdle. And I think it will be this time over Sauce Gardner. I will just throw a name out there and I'll go Sauce Gardner for that one. That would be, you know how epic that would be if it was Sauce Gardner? Oh, I, think, I don't think Bill's Twitter would be able to contain themselves if that no, happened. No, there'd be so many Sauce, Josh Hurdle, Sauce. Oh my gosh, it'd be insane. Yeah, and then my last one. Is on the Jets side, I do think Quinn Williams will have a monster game. I'm going to have four tackle for losses slash sacks, so Jeez. combined Oof. four. I think he'll have a, he'll have a field day. I think um, just just due to you know young young O line with Spencer Brown still being young, Osiris Torrance being young, um, and the left guard. If you know if it's whether it's Bates or uh, McGovern. Government could play a little banged up. So I think Quinn Williams will have, have himself a day, um, unfortunately, in a loss for him, though. Uh, but four, four tackle for losses combined with sacks. All right, I got two. And I don't know if there's really hot takes. First one is you said there wasn't going to be any turnovers. I think Matt Milano is going to have an interception. Um, he always seems to get these, like, tipped, like, just – He's in the right – I don't want to say he's in the right place at the right time, but I feel like he's going to have a, a pick. And I think James Cook is going to have 100 yards rushing. That that one, actually, that that's – I think people are sleeping on James Cook a little bit, um, not just in Bill's, you know, Bill's Mafia, but just the NFL fans in general are just sleeping on him. Yeah, I think he's going to rip off a big one. I'm not saying it's going to be like 80 yards, but I think there's going to be a big like 30 or 40-yard – and it, I think it's going to come early, and that's going to kind of set the tone for some things. Again, I said earlier it's going to it might be kind of ugly early on, but I think that might be one you know key factor for the Bills early on is that James Cook just let James Cook. That's all I'm going to say. Like just let James Cook. Um, so that's about it for us. Shoop, you got anything else before we get out of here? Very first episode of Off the Edge Wednesday nights, nine o'clock, Built in Buffalo Network. What do you got, Shoop? Uh, it was just awesome. Awesome to see everybody in here. Um, you know, comments were awesome. You guys, everybody listening was awesome. I'm glad I was able to hop on. I know I talked to, I told Dave before this, the whole day, like for the first, first half of the day, I was really just kind of under the weather. And about, about a couple hours ago, I started flipping the switch. So I was glad I was able to, you know, you know, be on tonight and not how I was feeling earlier today. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. I, I'm thanks again to everybody who, who, joined the giveaway um that was awesome to see as well congratulations to i believe it was burke burke, burke, burke. yep burke um who i don't believe is it 
you might be an international fan. Um, so we, we do have an international fan, but we'll, I'll reach out to you. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a fun one. Glad glad for everybody to join and uh, just excited to see, see it grow from here and, and get going for the season. Yes, we are five days or Tyrod Taylor days away from football. It's you, you got to love it. So we'll be here next week. Shoop, this was a good show, man. We'll do it again next week. For Built in Buffalo, for Shoop, for me, I'm DM3. This was Off the Edge. Have a good night. Go Bills. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.